everybody. Welcome to episode 16 of the podcast that goes next. The sweet 16 becomes the savage 16. As this episode, we look at Savage Wolverine number one. And we'll probably hit a couple other things too, but um, that's basically what we're doing. So, um, yeah, I'm your host, Jason Minimal, and uh, without further ado, here we go. Okay, so we're going to start off looking at Savage Wolverine number one. Not to be confused with Wolverine Savage, which was a one-shot from, I don't know, uh, 10 years ago or so, sometime in the early early to mid-2000s. It was a very mediocre one-shot, but it did have an awesome J. Scott Campbell cover with Wolverine with his claws out on one hand and then like, with his finger, like, you know, when you do that, come here with your fingers, and <laughs> that with the other hand. It was a really sweet cover. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Savage Wolverine number one, which is the first of the new, of the two new Marvel Now Wolverine solo series to kick off the beginning of this year. So, we have Savage Part 1. Frank Cho is the writer and the artist. Jason Keith is the colorist. VC's Corey Pettit is the letterer. And of course, Cho and Keith did the cover. And it's a really, really nice cover. I read an interview by Cho saying he was going to try different styles on the covers. Like, different art styles, like I think. And I'm not sure if it'll be, it's issue number two or if it's the variant issue number one. Where he did like a painted cover. Uh, this one looks kind of like sketchy, but in different colors. You have um, Shannon the She-Devil in a very Sports Illustrated swimsuit model type pose and some jungle leaves with her little loincloths. You have something going on in the middle in red that's kind of sketched out, but you get a really cool snicked. And then on the bottom you have some cavemen. And then, so that's all kind of like, looks like a sketch, but in different colors. So like, it looks like you sketched it and scanned it in and then recol- like, recolored the sketch lines. And it's not like colored, but it is, maybe. I don't know if I'm really understanding the artistic process or not, but that's my best stab at it. Anyway, so you have all that sketched. It looks pretty cool. But then jumping out of that, you have a full color, fully drawn, fully inked Wolverine with his claws out, looks like he's slicing through the air, and he's jumping out of out of the kind of the sketch. So it's kind of a contrast there. So I I think it's a, a really awesome cover. Then we open the book. 
and we get going. All right, so some overview kind of this series, first of all. Like I said, this is the first of the two new Wolverine solo series in Marvel now to come out. And I talked when we did our episode ending the last Wolverine series that, oh, you know what, I'll save this for the end. Let's go through the story, and then we'll kind of rehash everything. Hey, my podcast. <laughs> anyway, um, all right, so we start off with a flying car flying over the Savage Land, the Western Territory. And we have some S.H.I.E.L.D. agents and Shannon the She-Devil, and they're on a cartography mission. So basically, they're like mapping out what they don't know yet about the Savage Land. And I guess Shannon's serving kind of as their guide. So they come to this island, and it has a big, like, mountain that's carved out. And I don't know if it's supposed to look like the man thing or not, but it does. I guess we'll find out later in the story if there's any connection or not. But it's kind of like an alien face with, like, three tendrils coming out where the nose or mouth would be. And so we have Shanna saying that this is a mystical island that's supposed to be cursed and has like a magic barrier around it. But of course the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents aren't superstitious so they go ahead and fly in. And something knocks their car out of the air like all the power goes out. And they become just a kind of a hunk of metal and they fall down onto the island in a puff of smoke. So then we switch to eight months later. We have some Savage Land cave peoples, Neanderthals, in a little fort. They see a bright light, and they refer to somebody called the Dark Walker. And apparently he's been bringing people to the Savage Land in a flash of light. So they send out the Reapers, which are basically pterodactyl people. They look like Sauron. Remember Sauron? Anyway. So we get our first look at Wolverine. He's laying in the grass kind of knocked out which i gotta say i i like frank cho's art and the art in this book is really good not sure about an unconscious wolverine laying in the grass and his arms which i look like he's flexing so hard like he has so many veins and muscles popping out of his arms it's like he's about to go wrestling but he's knocked out he should be like relaxed but anyway so we have wolverine he's been dropped into the savage land and he wakes up and he doesn't know where he is but he recognizes the smell pretty fast we get our first snicked of the series and he's attacked by a dinosaur he takes it out in a nice little fight scene and he decides he doesn't want to be dinosaur dinner so he moves into the jungle and kind of kind of uses senses to make his way through it it says mama mama logan didn't raise no fool i don't sit around waiting for more dinos to show up i melt into the jungle taking the high road to survey the lay of the land find a river and follow it to civilization and he finds a path and he sees some cavemen with uh, fresh off a hunt and he recognizes that what they're hunting is a shield agent he sees the patch so obviously he can't let that go so he jumps in with his claws extended and he takes the cavemen out makes pretty quick work of them they're seasoned warriors, they get a few shots in, but uh, Wolverine gets pretty savage. Ooh. Gets pretty <laughs> That's the name of the book. Uh, gets pretty brutal on these guys. With a little bit of humorous internal dialogue. Uh, so he gets hit with a stone hammer and that sends him off into a berserker rage. He goes, first I disarm him, and it shows him cutting a guy's arm off. He goes, then I take a little off the top as he... Uh, decapitates the caveman he says, then I get real nasty and he takes them all out he says in less than 10 moves the fight is over 
So he, he finds the agent, realizes there's no hope of survival. He's bleeding out. But the agent tells him where his ship is. So he buries him, makes him a little cross with his name on it. Wolverine goes and finds the ship. And it looks like it crashed a long time ago. There's actually a little fence built around it. And he's investigating the ship. There's some notes. It looks like they were trying to translate some tablets. And he smells an intruder. But I guess he can smell the estrogen. Because I smelled him as I entered the room. No, wait. It's not a man. So I guess he smelled... Either he smelled the estrogen or Shanna's on her period. I'm not sure which one. But she jumps down and shoves a spear through his side. And then... (laughs) Sorry. Kind of got flashback to like a crucifix scene there. So, uh... But then she recognizes him. And she's glad to see him. And she says... What are you doing here? I never thought I'd say this, but I hope you're here to rescue us. <laughs> it's like, easy, darling, easy. Let me get this pig sticker out of me. And so he tells her that the S.H.I.E.L.D. agent is dead. And then she tells him the whole story. How they, the magic knocked him out of the sky. They were trying to research. They tried to escape because they were under attack. She says, by... It seemed like everywhere we turned, something tried to kill us. The natives, the dinos, the weather. They decided to build a raft, but they were attacked by people. I had no idea Savage Land had people. That's interesting. And then when they finally got through that, they lost a few more agents, but then a giant sea monster ate the raft. So they swam back and just were resigned to being stuck, but they decided to build a bomb... Because the S.H.I.E.L.D. agent was determined that if they could find the source of the magic, they could destroy it and escape and go back to real life. But they got it. Apparently, she went off to scavenge for food. And that's when the cavemen, Neanderthals, got the S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. So Wolverine gets Shannon to give him the bomb and the remote. And he sticks it in his little pouch on his belt. And she's like, well, what do you know? You guys do use those pouches. I thought they were for show. Wolverine's like, where do you think I keep my house keys? And then the Reapers slash Saron slash Pterodactyl guys uh, attack them in the ship. And Wolverine dives and knocks Shannon out of the ship. But she's mad. She's like, no, we had them where we wanted them in closed quarters. Now we're out in the open. So a Pterodactyl man digs his claws into Wolverine's shoulders and takes off with them. And Wolverine's worried because Shannon is outnumbered. So he sticks his claws through the pterodactyl's head. It's the second time he's done that to a dinosaur this issue. Because he needs to get down there fast. <laughs> As he's falling through the sky, he's like, Cripes, this is going to hurt. Cripes? Who says cripes? Okay, question. For my comic historians out there. Someone please answer this. Either... Email me or leave a comment or on Facebook or something. Alright. Because I feel like we should be able to say either of these by now in comics. Though, one, I prefer not to. But anyway, won't get too much of that. Is Cripes a euphemism for crap? Or taking the Lord's name in vain, like Christ? Like which one did that start off as a substitute for? Either way, it's weird that... <laughs> In 2013, Wolverine is still saying cripes, but whatever. So then we get a little newsletter where the letter page might or may not be in the future. Kind of talks about how Frank Cho pitched 
a different kind of pulp story for his Wolverine series. And, you know, they kind of they kind of talk about all the great people on the creative team, which they're pretty right. Everybody's pretty good on this issue. My favorite part about it is a sign-off saying, see you next month, hugs and snixed. <laughs> which I thought was great. All right, so, Savage Wolverine, Frank Cho. I was a little bit worried that this book was going to be Frank Cho and Marvel trying to use the appeal of Wolverine to kind of stuff Shanna, the She-Devil, who couldn't carry her own title down our throats. Now I've read the issue, and I'm not sure <laughs> if that's what's going on or not. Um, I feel like there could be potential for her in the story. I've never really been a fan of her character before. I think I talked about this last time, too, that I am glad that with Frank Cho, with his women, it's not like Barbie doll women. Like, you know, it's a real... I mean, it's still kind of, quote-unquote, sexy, but it's a more realistic sexy, I guess. So, you know, the women aren't all super skinny with big boobs. Now, Shannon definitely has big boobs, but, you know, she's curvy and whatever. I don't want to get too much into that. And I'm also wondering, because it's called Savage Wolverine and he's in the Savage Land, so when they foresee this, I mean, it's, it's an ongoing series, but does it have, like, a shelf life? Or will they change the title? I mean, I'm assuming Wolverine can't stay in the Savage Land forever. Now, granted, this could be a pretty long story where he's in the Savage Land. I mean, a year plus, maybe. But at some point, he's got to leave the Savage Land. And so I don't know, will it still be Savage Wolverine? Will they call it something different? I mean, Wolverine is Savage, so the, the title fits regardless. But I feel like it's definitely being called this because the story's in the Savage Land. So, anyway, I don't know. I would love to hear your theories on that, loyal listeners, or new time listeners. New time? <laughs> That's stupid. First time listeners. Yeah, so the book uh, is pretty good. The art's great. The story's pretty decent. Um, you know, the Magic Island, Savage Land, it, it's definitely kind of pulpy. Uh, they did talk about in the little fake news page that uh, it was different in that the damsel is not necessarily in distress, which is cool. So I, I'm pretty sure Shannon's going to be a pretty strong female character, which I like. You know, it's not the Silver Age anymore. <laughs> we don't just need rescue bait. Yeah, so the art is fantastic. Writing's pretty good. And we get to see Wolverine fight dinosaurs. He fights a raptor. He fights Neanderthals. And he fights pterodactyls. All in one issue. That's pretty freaking sweet. So, um... You know, when I first read it, I wasn't sure. I was kind of leaning more towards Two Claws, but now that I've actually talked about it, it's a really good issue. It's really enjoyable. So I'm going to buff up my rating. I'm going to give it three out of three claws. We'll see where the series goes. Not a whole lot happened, but there was a lot of action, and action in comic books goes pretty. It makes for a pretty quick read and a pretty quick summary. But, um... The action was really great, so it's okay, and that's what you want to see in a Wolverine comic book. You want to see him fight stuff and cut cut up stuff, and he did. So, and delivered on the savagery, obviously, with the, we see a guy losing his arm and a, his head, or, or two different guys, probably. Cave guys, not even real guys, they're just cave guys. 
trying to sell insurance for Geico in the Savage Land for your Flintstone cars. <laughs> Gotta have insurance to drive. <laughs> yeah, but I'm a new. I mean, <laughs> oh, I should not laugh so hard at myself. But anyway, um, yeah, it was a really good issue. It was really fun. Definitely pulpy and definitely, uh, it's not like a cliffhanger that I'm like on the edge of my seats as far as figuring out what happened, but I'm definitely curious. Curious about the island. I'm curious about this dark walker guy. Is he going to bring anybody else to the Savage Land? Probably yes. Who's it going to be? I don't know. I'm assuming he'll eventually kind of be, at least, if not the climax of this arc, at least one of the climaxes of the arc where Wolverine confronting the Dark Walker. Curious about that. I uh, definitely want to see Wolverine kind of tear his way through the Savage Land. Anyway, uh, I've already wrapped up, so I should quit talking. Uh, Savage Wolverine number one, three out of three claws. Definitely looking forward to issue number two. Okay, so I gotta say, um, I was a little afraid that the team-up with Shannon the She-Devil would kind of suck. But I have to admit, I was wrong. It was kind of pretty cool. I'm not above saying that I was wrong, so there you go. I misjudged it. That's why you always read stuff and make sure, right? But that said, I can't help but wondering what some other Savage team-ups might have been like. The first one I thought of would be Savage Dragon. You know, obviously you have the uh, the trouble of uh, different publishing companies between Image and Marvel, but, um, you know, whether you put Wolverine in Chicago or even better, bring the Savage Dragon down the, to the Savage Land. Yeah, I would have... <laughs> I was kind of joking, but actually you know, it might be kind of cool to see... Uh, Wolverine and the Savage Dragon tear through the Savage Land together. That yeah, might be worth exploring, and I wouldn't mind seeing a Frank Cho's version of uh, Eric Larson's main character. Might look pretty cool. So yeah, there's that. There's Savage Dragon. Uh, he could also team up with the Savage She-Hulk. But that's the She-Hulk I don't really know anything about, so I can't really say anything about that. I guess it would be like, she would kind of be between Shannon the She-Devil and Savage Dragon. <laughs> so, yeah, why not? Um, that would probably be a little bit lamer than uh, Shannon the She-Devil. And Savage Dragon might be cool, but he wouldn't be as quote-unquote sexy. Unless <laughs> you put him in a bikini briefs <laughs> or, or a male thong. Ew, gross. So another another savage team up can be a uh, savage garden. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even say that with a straight face. So uh, Wolverine goes undercover as the savage garden goes on tour through the savage land. Or no no not not on tour. That's a bad idea. A video shoot. The band Savage. All right, here's the pitch. The band Savage Garden goes down to the Savage Land for a video shoot for their new, highly anticipated, much-delayed single. Some, you know, wimpy song <laughs> that needs a jungle and dinosaurs in the video. And one of the Savage Gardeners... 
That's probably not what they're called, but that's what I'm calling them from now on. The Savage Gardeners are the two guys in the band. One of them goes missing, and Wolverine must track through the Savage Land to find them. <laughs> this is a horrible idea. Oh, wow. Okay, um, what else? Okay, so there's there's Fred Savage and his brother Ben Savage. Fred from the Wonder Years, and of course Ben uh, from Boy Meets World. This could maybe work, though probably not in comic book form. They were both pretty funny in their various shows, but actually uh, Fred Savage, I don't know how much you keep up with this kind of stuff, but believe it or not, he's actually turned into a pretty good director. Pretty funny guy. Um, so he, alright, so here's the deal. The Savage Wolverine. It's a sitcom with Wolverine and Ben Savage. And it's directed by Fred Savage. And in this sitcom is kind of Wolverine dealing with real life. Like, you don't ever actually see him go on missions. Maybe you see him leave and come back. But he's going to share an apartment with Ben Savage. And hijinks will ensue. Uh, We get to see Wolverine dating with a laugh track. We get all kinds of good snicked one-liners. Yeah. (laughs) You know what? If that show were to come on, they'd have to bring back a TGIF. That's right, TGIF. And then the Savage Wolverine can be on there. But you know, I bet Fred Savage can make it funny behind the camera. Just saying. But also, probably the coolest team-up that was neglected, which would be an awesome comic book, <laughs> would be the Savage Wolverine starring Wolverine and Randy... The Macho Man Savage. Er, snap into a swim gym. (laughs) (coughs) (coughs) Apparently I can't do a Macho Man impersonation without choking. Anyway, you gotta admit, that would be an awesome comic book. Just Wolverine and Macho Man Savage running around the Savage Land, kicking butt and taking names. You got... Randy the Macho Man Savage jumping out of trees like it's the top rope of the wrestling ring. Doing his moves, wearing his shades, because it's bright in the Savage Land. That would be amazing. I would totally buy that. Uh, probably for only an issue or two. <laughs> but I would, I would definitely buy it. But anyway, those are some just different directions that Frank Cho could have taken this series. But probably all glad he didn't. I guess I guess he went in the right direction with Shanna the She-Devil. Alright, we're going to do a couple more books. We have uh, all-new X-Men number 6 and Avenging Spider-Man uh, number 16. So, cool. Well, I'll see you there. Okay, so now it's time for a little something old, something new. We have all-new X-Men number 6. Written by Brian Michael Bendis. Art this time is by David Marquez. Color by Marte Gracia. Letters by VCs Corey Pettit. And the cover is by uh, Stuart Eminen. I forgot his first name, Von Grabiger and Gracia. Oh, I guess so. I guess Marquez did his own inks on this issue. So. The cover is really cool. It's Kenny Pride sitting in a big fancy chair with a shadow behind her, a silhouette of Professor X in his wheelchair. 
kind of denoting that she's now in charge of the young X-Men. It kind of will be their Professor X or whatever. So that's a really cool cover by Eminem and crew. Looks really nice. Good cover. Good cover for a great book. Alright, so of course remember the young X-Men have been brought to the present by Old Beast to try to uh, either... Well, his idea was they would go back in to their time and prevent Cyclops from becoming Cyclops. <laughs> but Jean has convinced them all that there's no point in going back because Professor X would just mind wipe them so they're going to stay and try to fix things in the present. So we open up with the Jean Grey School for Higher Learning and young Jean... Well, actually, I can just say Jean Grey for her because there's only one. She's laying in bed with her Pooh Bear... And she, her eyes open real wide, and Jean, an old Cyclops and Magneto, come through the door. And an old Cyclops tells her, they're going to kill you. And she gets this shocked look on her face. And then Wolverine comes crashing through, and it looks like he's naked. <laughs> the claws extended, crazy hair, crazy face. And man, he stabs his claws right through Jean Grey's throat. And then she slumps over grasping her bloody throat. Wolverine actually looks like, huh? <laughs> kind of funny. And then we see the phoenix in Jean Grey's eyeball. All right, I'm going to stop right here. First of all, I'll give a shout-out to my fellow Texan, David Marquez. But not only is he Texan, and is he awesome because he's from Austin, Texas, but his art is amazing. I've never read any of his stuff before. I know he's, he did a Fantastic Four thing, which I didn't read. And then he did a run on... A, well, it's not Ultimate... Whatever they're calling Ultimate Spider-Man these days. The Ultimate Comics colon Spider-Man or whatever. Which I didn't read that either. But, man, for a quote-unquote villain artist, is different. But this guy, to me, is as good as Eminem. Not better, but as good. This is not... We're not losing a step at all on this quote-unquote fill-in. And I... Man, stick him on another X book. Like, for real. Like, I know he's giving Eminem time to catch up because they've had a crazy release schedule for this book. I mean, issue number six already in like nine weeks or something like that? That's nuts. Granted, I've enjoyed it. Because like I said, this... I mean, I'm digging... I dug Savage Wolverine. And this is a Wolverine podcast. So I know... You know, he's my favorite character. And I want his, his series to be up at the top of my list. Right now, this book and Batman are my two favorite books going right now. Like, as I speak. Um, which, by the way, I can't wait. Till I'm probably, it's probably too late tonight, but tomorrow to read Batman 16. I'm loving Death of the Family. But anyway, enough about that. Um, yeah, dude, the art, amazing. So stick Mark Marvel. Stick Marquez on a cool book. It's something I want to read. <laughs> so do, a, do an X book or maybe a Spider-Man book. And put him somewhere as a regular artist. Let him do a nice long run. On some characters I care about. Because I want to see this guy's art. I don't want to have to buy some. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to disparage any of the Marvel characters. 
So, anyway, I would definitely be keeping my eye on where, he, if he lands another regular gig, because I will want, we'll definitely want to see it, because the art is fantastic. Alright, so, but then we realize, of course, as expected, Jean woke up in her dream, but she was still dreaming, and now she wakes up for real, and she yells out very weirdly, it's like, Nias No! I don't know why there's an S in the middle of her big no. Maybe she's swallowing her spit? Sometimes... We need to do that when we wake up. We can get a bunch of saliva. We gotta swallow it. I don't know what's going on. I'm not sure why there's an S in the middle of our nose, but there's an S in the middle. So it's nice. No. Anyway. But she wakes up, sits up abruptly in bed, her hand grabbing her throat because she dreamed about getting sliced. And all her stuff is in the air telekinetically. And then she lets it all fall down. Kitty Pride sticks her head in the room because she hears the commotion. She's like, you all right? <laughs> She's like, I see you did some redecorating. <laughs> and she, Jean apologizes, but Kitty's like, no, it's okay. She's like, no, you gave me your room. You were nice enough to do it, and I messed it up. And so apparently she's been asleep for a while, and Jean's like, who are you again? And she's like, Kitty Pride. I was the headmistress, headmistress of the school, but as long as you and the original X-Men are going to stay here, I'll be working with you. So she's going to be their mentor. And Jean said she's never had a dream like that before. <laughs> Kitty, Kitty kind of states the obvious. Uh, yeah, right now you're going to have a lot of first. Talks about how she got her telepathy. That was a first. You're in a different time. It's going to be lots of first. Jean laments the situation that uh, her family's dead. She died. <laughs> Professor X is dead. And Kitty gives her a hug. And then we see young Cyclops walking into the cafeteria. And we have his team sitting at a table in their yellow and blues. And they're sitting with Old Beast. And then we have a table of all kind of the newer mutants and newer X-Men sitting together. And they all kind of give young Cyclops either a gasp or a cold stare. Uh, we have that Anol guy. Is that Karma? I don't know who that is. Uh, Warbird, Quentin Choir, Idy, Dupe, Glob, Herman, and Genesis sitting at the table. And Scott's, you know, discombobulated because just yesterday he was the leader of the X-Men and now everyone treats him like a bad guy. So he kind of runs off and he finds his way to one of the garages and he sees one of Wolverine's motorcycles with the the now classic Wolverine leather jacket with the stripes on the sleeves. And he decides he's going to take it for a ride. And of course, Wolverine's in the cafeteria and is eating. And Iceman's espousing how he read online. Like he went and Googled that Reed Richards says the timeline, the space-time continuum, is a living thing. Wolverine's chewing. He's got his mouth full. He's like, shut up, Bobby. And he get a close-up on his ear, and he hears a motorcycle, and he's like, son of a... <laughs> Which, I kind of wanted to be like, oh, hell no! But anyway, we got a son of a... And he stands up, and it, I didn't catch this at first, but on looking at the... After I kind of went back through, it's, he's banging his fist on the table, but on one hand, you can see that he had put his claws out and put them through the table. <laughs> Though it's pretty bad that someone's stealing his motorcycle. And he storms off. 
and gets in a jeep to follow him. And so we go back to Kitty Pride and Jean, and they're gonna they're cleaning up stuff, and suddenly. Jean's invaded by everyone's thoughts and she doubles over in pain and Kitty teaches her a trick. She says, look at me. Look right at me. Look in my eyes. They're not voices, Jean. You're hearing thoughts. Focus. Focus on one thing. Focus on me. In your head are a thousand little doors. You close each door. This is your brain. You control everything about yourself. Decide to do it and you will. And of course, Jean, through all this, is, is crying as all these thoughts are just attacking her brain. And But then it works. She closes her eyes, concentrates, and shuts everything off. Telepathic silence, if you will. And I really like the page, because the panels go down, and they're, they're all horizontal panels with Jean and Kitty. And when we get to the last one, it's like other faces across from each other. And then the thoughts are being shown all behind them. And there's some funny thoughts in there too. Like Wolverine smells like a dog. <laughs> I'm sorry, like a wet dog. But anyway, I like it because it goes down the page when we get to the last panel where Jean closes her eyes and shuts all the thoughts out. It's just her face. And then kind of a long space next to it horizontally. That was cool. Kind of shows... Kind of her emotion, her feeling, kind of being isolated in this new, strange, foreign time. So I thought that was really cool. Really nice visual interpretation of the story there. And Jean's like, thank you. I just became a telepath yesterday. And Kitty's like, yeah, you need training. I can help. You know yoga? And she's like, yeah. And she's like, that'll help. And Jean's like, well, that was good what you did there. That worked. Did Who taught you that? Xavier? And Kenny's like, no, you did. And she's like, wow. And then Jean asks Kenny, were we friends? And Kenny says, you were the class in front of me. But yes, yeah, I admired you. Then she thinks kind of. And of course, Jean hears it and repeats kind of. And Kenny reveals, well, sorry, you were a little tough on me sometimes. And... Basically, Storm comes in and her and Kitty tell Jean that she's got to be the leader now of of their of her group of X-Men. And Jean protests as it's Scott, but Storm and Kitty both agree that no, no one's going to trust Scott right now, just based on their Cyclops. So young Cyclops uh, kind of gets the brunt of that and can't be helped. But, she, but that Jean chose for them to stay, or at least prompted the vote. And she's shown a lot of strength. So she knows the other X-Men, her other X-Men are looking up to her. So Storm and Kitty decide she should be like the team leader or the, I guess the field leader. You know, since Kitty's going to be their mentor. And Jean searches, she's searching for Scott telepathically and says, I don't think he's here. He left. Wolverine went after him. I'm sorry, no, Storm thinks that. And Kitty probably looks over and he's like, well, an expletive. Cartoon X with it with the little ampersands and stuff. So we see Cyclops with a very surprised face. He's ridden Wolverine's motorcycle into town. And of course he doesn't he sees all the new cars and he doesn't the first people he sees are two punk kids. A guy with a mohawk and a girl with pink hair. And he walks into a store and he's like, Excuse me which this whole scene sounds like it's so reminiscent of Back to the Future, it's hilarious. And he's like, 
excuse me, do you have a map? And this lady's like, a map? And he's like, a map in the United States of the world? And she's like, doesn't your phone have a map? And he's like, my phone? He's like, uh, yeah. And then he goes, why is all the water in bottles? Because it's bottled water. Why is the water bottled now? As opposed to when? Did something happen to the water? <laughs> He's like, getting really paranoid. It's great. And then the girl finally looks up from her phone from behind the counter. She's like, you know who you look like? You look just like him. You look like that guy with the, 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 the. And she pulls out a cover of Rolling, an issue of Rolling Stone and his old Cyclops on the cover making the little X sign with his, by crossing his arms on his chest. And she's like, you look just like him. And young Cyclops is like, I need to buy this. But he's flabbergasted that it's $5. Four, $5 for a magazine? And the lady's like, plus tax. And he goes, this place is a nightmare. I feel like there should be the uh, laugh sign for the sitcom there. <laughs> but then he reaches into Wolverine's jacket pocket and pulls out a huge wad of cash. And the lady calls him Tony Stark. He's like, why does Wolverine have so much money in his pocket? And then we see Wolverine's mouth behind Scott's ear. He says, because it's none of your damn business. And Wolverine grabs young Cyclops by the ear and, gra- and drags him outside and says, get your butt back on my bike and back to the school. And Cyclops kind of tries to push him off. And we get like a nice tang sound. And Cyclops is like, ow! And Wolverine's like, yeah, unbreakable bones. Why don't you take it down a notch? Cyclops, when he pushed him, is starting to say, I don't know who you think you... And he's going to say, I don't know who you think you are. So Wolverine responds, and who do I think I am? And he gets up in young Cyclops' face and he says, I'm the guy that Xavier put in charge of the school before you murdered him. That's who I think I am. And of course, uh, young Scott says, I didn't do that. And Wolverine says, not yet. And young Scott kind of says, it's not fair that everyone is blaming me for something I haven't done. And Wolverine's like, fair? But then he kind of settles down. He's like, all right, look, we made a deal with this town. We kind of keep our mutant crazy down to a minimum, is what he says. So let's let's not fight. Let's go back to the school. And he kind of gets sensitive for a minute. He's been really mad and angry at this young Cyclops kind of the whole time. But we see kind of the tender side of Wolverine, and he says, Hey, I know you're going through stuff. After a good night's sleep, I think, cooler heads and all that, that you guys need to go back where you came from. This young Cyclops is like, maybe. And Wolverine says, yeah, go back. It'll be like it never happened. And such young Cyclops says, you're right. And Wolverine's like, yep. And young Cyclops says, Unbreakable Bones? And he's like, yep. And Cyclops says, okay. And you see him reaching for his re-records glasses and he rips them off and we get an awesome panel of him shooting Wolverine off of the ground through the air. It looks like he lands on a roof because it has the little roof thing, the little metal fan thing that's on roofs. And he may have unbreakable bones but he still gets a nice crack and Cyclops, young Cyclops jumps back on the motorcycle we get an awesome drawing of Wolverine just losing his cool and he's running and we get some nice action lines and he's got saliva hanging out of his mouth and his claws are extended. 
I really love the way Marquez draws Wolverine. All his art is great. His Wolverine is phenomenal. It, I mean, it really is. It's amazing. Then we see Wolverine jumping off the roof with some awesome action lines. And then he lands and his claws are still extended. But Cyclops, is, young Cyclops, is scooted off on the motorcycle. We get a nice close-up of Wolverine's eyes. And just, the determination is shown very well. But then he kind of relaxes and he's like, where the hell do you think you're going? So then we see young Angel sitting on a roof at the school. And he's talking to himself that he really needs to find out what happened to him in this timeline. In the present. His future. And he's like, no one seems to have the courage to tell me to my... And there goes Cyclops. As he sees, I guess this is before... Earlier in the story, we're going backwards a little bit, and he sees Cyclops riding off on the motorcycle. He's like, sure, leave me here, Scotty. I don't even want to be here, and then you just abandon me. And then he sees the Jeep drive by, and then he sees Krakoa's face come out of the ground, and he's like, am I nuts, or did the ground just burp? Then we get a side, uh, an aside quote, and it says, well, this is unexpected. And Angel's face, young Angel's face is shocked as he sees, I'm going to call him old Angel and stick with my plan, though, of course, our Angel is now young again because he got reborn, but he's still going to be old Angel for the purposes of this book, okay? And so our hippie, or maybe I'll call him hippie Angel. Anyway, so they meet each other for the first time, and a, old, young Angel starts to explain, but old Angel kind of already knows the skinny, he knows what's going on. And he, young Angel, asks about the metal wings. And old Angel picks him up and gives him a hug. He's like, you want to go flying? Let's go flying. <laughs> he looks like an excited puppy. And so they fly off. And, of course, young Angel is still trying to figure out why his wings are metal. But old Angel just says, I'm not even sure I know. Or he says, I'm not sure I even know. Catch up. <laughs> and they fly off into the sunset. Then we go to an undisclosed location, and someone is approaching Mystique. I don't know who it is. I don't... It's not Sabretooth. And we only see three fingers, but they're all on the side, so it looks like three of our fingers. So I don't think it's Nightcrawler, which is the last time we saw Mystique. She ran off with Age of Apocalypse Nightcrawler. I don't think it's him. It could be, I guess. Anyway, he, whoever this mystery person is, which I'm sure we'll find out, he brings over his iPad, and Mystique had asked him to be left alone, but he's like, I'm sure you're going to want to see this. And we see some video of Cyclops blasting Wolverine across Salem Center. And she's like, and? And the mystery guest is, keep watching. Am I nuts, or does it look like he's 12? And we see young Cyclops, and Mystique's like, when was this? Today, four hours ago, our mystery man says. And Mystique says, get everybody together. They're going to go figure out what's going on. And of course, next issue, we see uh, Mystique. Looks like she's trying to uh, tempt young Cyclops. So that should be interesting. Because he's definitely, young Cyclops is definitely feeling some uh, inner turmoil, to say the least. Alright, so another awesome issue book is now gone six for six fantastic series so far just so well written by Bendis and man our two artists are going to be Eminem and Marquez 
Yeah, keep me signed up. Sheesh. Some great art. Um, <laughs> some great art there. It's a fine piece of art. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, the story just keeps on moving right along. Uh, you can always trust with Bendis to, to get great dialogue and great character development. You team that up with great art, which we didn't always get on his Avengers runs. We had mostly great art, but every now and then you got some stuff that was a little bit subpar. But so far, um, we have Bendis teamed with great art, and that makes for a great book. Man, is there anything else to like, talk about in this? Um, I like the way the, the growing gene and kind of... You know, I talked about this last time, but kind of naturally and organically kind of making her closer to the gene we remember as far as maturity and power-wise. Um, Cy- young Cyclops' inner conflict uh, kind of matching old Cyclops' inner conflict. So they're kind of on similar paths, though he's being forced to be on it, and the other one, old Cyclops chose it. And Wolverine is true to Wolverine in this book. I thought he was a little bit angry-acting, um last issue when he went a little bit overboard with the whole let's execute young Scott oh jury of your peers let's put it up to a vote like that seemed a little bit but Wolverine's grouchy and angry (laughs) so I'm not surprised that he said it I would have been surprised if he had stuck to it this issue but there's no mention of that and though he's rough with young Cyclops, he actually shows some sympathy towards him, at least until he gets shot across the town <laughs> with an optic blast. But we see that he's not just, like, wanting to kill Cyclops. He's, you know, handling the situation the best he can with a kid he doesn't really like. So, I want to know if everybody else is loving this book as much as I am. So, email, Facebook, tweet me. I'll put all that info. It's all in the show notes, and I'll put it in the closing, too. But, um, yeah, I want to know, because I'm going to give all-new X-Men number six three out of three claws, which I'm pretty sure I've given all six issues three out of three claws. I want to know what everybody else thinks. Are are y'all loving this book as much as I am? Would you all give it three out of three claws as well, if you were judging it? I want to know. Yeah, I've kind of already just kind of gotten over the whole time travel thing and any inconsistencies or, or troubles that might come from that. I don't really think about it anymore. I'm so engrossed in just the story as it is. Um, Yeah, loving it. So, all new X-Men number six, three out of three claws. All right, moving on. Okay, so last up, we have Where's Logan? And this time Wolverine is in Avenging Spider-Man number 16. But this is cool. Here we have the first meeting of Wolverine and some of the X-Men with the new Aven- or with the new Spider-Man, the superior Spider-Man. Which I won't get too much into it, but hopefully everybody by now knows. <laughs> if you read comics at all, you should know that Dr. Octopus switched his mind into Peter Parker's body because his body was dying. And so Peter Parker died in Dr. Octopus's body. And Dr. Octopus is in Spider-Man's body. But he has all Spider-Man's memories and his own. And right at the end of 
Amazing Spider-Man 700, which was the last issue of that series for now, Peter not only gave him his memories, but his emotions and feelings, and so Dr. Octopus decided to be kind of a reluctant hero. Then he also has now some of Peter Parker's values. But he's going to do it his own way. He's still going to be kind of a jerk. Which is interesting to say, because there were times that, that Peter can be a jerk, too. And he's going to use his quote-unquote superior intellect and just, I guess, superior personality <laughs> to be a better Spider-Man than Peter Parker ever was. Okay, so that's Avenging Spider-Man 16. is written by Chris Yost. Penciled by Paco Medina. Inker is Juan Velasco. Colorist is Dave Curiel. The letter is VC's Joe Caramagna. And the cover is by Paulo Rivera. Which, I don't love Rivera as much as some people do, but I do like him. And so it's a good cover. It has a... The Superior Spider-Man and a group of X-Men on the side of a building. Now we have Storm, Beast, Iceman, Wolverine. Wolverine even made the cover, see? Uh, Kenny Pride and Lockheed. Of course, Spider-Man is Spider-Man. So he's just clinging to the side. Storm is flying. Beast is also clinging. I didn't know he could do that. Um, maybe... No, he's just clinging. Huh, interesting. Uh, Iceman is on an ice slide. Which... <laughs> I'm going to come back to that in just a second. Uh, Kitty is phasing through the wall with Lockheed. And Wolverine has one hand, his claws are sliced. And like he's using it to hold... Using his claws to hold himself in the wall. Okay. Now Iceman is right behind Wolverine. And he's got a big old grin on his face. A goofy grin. And I just noticed this. He's... Mimicking Wolverine's pose. Like, Wolverine has one hand with his claws on the wall and the other hand with his fist, like, facing up and the claws coming out. Well, Iceman is on an ice slide, but he has one hand against the wall. And the other hand, he's making a Wolverine pose, and he has three ice spikes coming out of his hand, like Wolverine claws. I didn't notice that until just now. That's hilarious. <laughs> and it fits Iceman, because he's a practical joker and likes dorky jokes. So it's definitely something he would do. So, good job, Paulo Rivera. That's, that makes me like to cover even more. Let's dive right in. Of course, we're in New York. New York City. Because I guess the X-Men are in New York, too, but they're not in New York City. And, of course, this is going to be from Spider-Man's perspective. Or Octo Spider- <laughs> I'm just going to call him Spider-Man. You know what's going on. And there's something going on. He's swinging through the city. I gotta say, the art's really good in this issue. And we get a really cool thing right off the bat, because uh, Spider-Man lands on the hood of a taxi. And there's lots of detail already in the picture. We get a nice extra detail where we see the back of his face kind of reflected in the windshield of the taxi, which, and they could have just done the thing blue or had like little light lines to show that it's glass. And the reflection's a nice touch. When we find out what's going on, there's a giant spider climbing up a building and messing stuff up. And so Spider-Man's thinking about... And we basically, basically he just gives us a synopsis of how he's Spider-Man. And he says, Peter Parker saw many strange things in his life. Aliens, gods, mutants. He's lived an exceptional life. The problem? 
It's my life now. Cue up either Billy Joel or Bon Jovi. Whichever you prefer. So Spider-Man jumps in. He analyzes a spider. Finds out it's a giant garden spider. And he goes and lands on it. But he gets bucked. And he decides that he's got to listen to his body more. He said, my body's instinct was to stick to the spider. But my brain wanted to grab it and do stuff. So he needs to kind of trust his his new body's instincts and not just try to overanalyze things. So then he jumps back in and he realizes the spider has human eyes. That's crazy. But he doesn't think too much about it. He decides he's got to put it down. But then there's a lightning strike. He's like, damn these interruptions. Was that lightning? The sky is clear. And did it just get colder? This is madness. Madness, I say. So I'm glad to know he still thinks. It sounds like Otto Octavius, Dr. Octopus. And he turns around, and of course the X-Men are here. We have Iceman, Storm, Rachel Gray, Kenny Pride, Lockheed Beast, and Wolverine. And of course the Beast is still Caddish. So this is before the all-new X-Men story, obviously. And they're here because they think the spider's a mutant, which, I don't know. It's a good plot device to get the X-Men in the book. I don't really know if every time something weird happens, the X-Men don't always just assume it's a mutant and show up and do stuff. I mean, how many times has Spider-Man fought monsters and the X-Men have been nowhere near the scene? It happens a lot if you read Spider-Man. Anyway, I know it's just a, it's a plot device to, to get the X-Men involved in the story. So they're here... To figure out what's going on with this mutant spider. Though maybe maybe someone had some cell phone footage of the spider. And, and he saw that it had human eyes and knew something was going on. That's a possibility I guess. But Spider-Man um, remembers that he is both fought beside and against the X-Men. He's like, good lord, they nearly destroyed everything in the recent battle against the Avengers. And we get... Really, we'll expand more on this as the book goes on, but really nice interaction between Wolverine and the new Superior Spider-Man based, of course, Wolverine not knowing it's a different Spider-Man because it's still Peter Parker's body. I mean, everything except for the inside of the mind is still exactly Peter Parker. So Wolverine doesn't know any better. But Wolverine tells Spider-Man to stay out of it. <laughs> Spider-Man's like, Homo Superior, please. And so the X-Men go to try to get a town on the spider. And Spider-Man tells the Beast that they need to get a genetic sample. The Beast gets one because he has a Shi'ar scanner. And there appear to be three different strains of DNA. So the X-Men are getting their butts chewed out. And suddenly the spider spits purple goo all over a storm with a nice shrek sound. And Spider-Man sweeps in and saves her. And he goes, the arrogance, that must be what the superior and homo superior is referring to. <laughs> Again, sounds like Dr. Octopus. I love it. Spider-Man decides he has a plan. And then the spider starts shooting eye beams. And Spider-Man gets on the spider's head and gives it a concussion. And Wolverine gets mad because he feels like Spider-Man is going to kill the spider. And Kenny Pride gets upset. And Spider-Man jumps off and he asks Storm to change the air pressure. 
And all the X-Men are kind of shocked at how brutal Spider-Man is being. But Beast says they need to give him the benefit of a doubt that Spider-Man has earned that from them. The storm causes some barometric pressure to change. Spider-Man kicks the giant spider in the face. He's like, and done. You're welcome. And he jumps down. Wolverine's like, get over here. And what the flame in hell do you think you're playing at? And he grabs Spider-Man by the shoulder. Spider-Man goes, Wolverine, don't ever touch me again. And he just cleans Wolverine's clock. Just punches him. Sucker punches him right off. In a very nice panel. And I mentioned the art by Medina is really good in this book. Because it is. Colors are really nice too. And of course, don't leave out the inker and the letters. They both also did really good jobs. And so now Wolverine and Spider-Man go at it. And this fight is awesome. I mean, first we get to see Spider-Man's internal dialogue. But obviously Wolverine goes after Spider-Man, but he keeps the claws sheathed. And Spider-Man says, perhaps out of some misguided idea of friendship, his, savage, his savageness, his speed. But I don't return the favor. And of course, uh, the superior Spider-Man has built little claws into his gloves and on his big toe. <laughs> kind of funny. And so he scratches or slices Wolverine's face up a little bit. Spider-Man thinks, ever since they met, Wolverine has annoyed Parker. I see it all. The condescending tones, the snide remarks. And yeah, they've, they've been friends, but they've always kind of had an antagonistic relationship. And I can see where he's coming from. Wolverine kind of has always been a little bit snide to Spider-Man. But Spider-Man gives as well as he takes in that relationship, believe me. It's like, I simply will not have it. And he kicks Wolverine in the face. I'm stronger, faster, smarter, superior in every way. And he picks up Wolverine by the throat and slams it into the concrete with a crack. And the X-Men are like, uh, wow. And Iceman's like, remember the spider? And Wolverine's kind of knocked out. Spider-Man kicked his butt. Which, this is a Wolverine podcast and... Why I love Spider-Man, I do like Wolverine more. But in this situation, it makes sense that Spider-Man takes him out. Because Wolverine would have held back, and Spider-Man, being Dr. Octopus now, would not. And he showed no mercy, and he, he took Wolverine to task and kicked his butt. I don't want to see that every time they fight, but in this story, it makes sense, and it was really cool. Really good little action sequence. A nice fight. Spider suddenly falls off the building and Spider-Man reveals that a concussive shockwave through the exoskeleton near the creature's brain combined with the spider's sensitivity to changes in air pressure put it into shock. The final strike to the circulation system put it down although the reaction was delayed given its size. And all the, the X-Men kind of look at Spider-Man like, what? And then Spider-Man says, hey, come on, I am Spider-Man. We get a nice drawing of Dr. Octopus behind him, like a, a vision or whatever. And then they look, and the spider is turned into a naked chick. And Iceman <laughs> says, that looks a lot less like a spider. And Rachel says that she has no memories. Not, her mind is empty, like she was just born. And Spider-Man's spider sense goes off and Wolverine comes at him. This time he has his claws drawn. He puts him in a headlock. Spider-Man says, you're either a slow learner or you just enjoy being embarrassed. You couldn't touch me. And Wolverine grabs him and says, touch, smart guy. 
That was really cool. So Wolverine gets the upper hand. Now as a Wolverine fan, I'm even happier. But he basically says, I don't know what's wrong with you, but we're going to find out. And he tells Rachel to read his mind. And Spider-Man starts to panic a little bit inside. He's like, oh, this is not good. Because he does have all of Peter's memories, but he also has all of his own memories. And a telepath would see that there's kind of a dual mind in there. Or would at least see this. Well, why does Spider-Man have Dr. Octopus's memories? And so <laughs> he says it calls for a little Parker charm, which I thought was funny how much he hates Peter Parker. <laughs> Or did before he became Superior Spider-Man. He's like, are you kidding me? Just use your badger senses. I thought it was hilarious. And he calls Wolverine a badger. He goes, I smell like me, right? And Wolverine's smart. He's like, yeah, but you can be possessed. But then Spider-Man says, right, because saving the city from a giant spider was so suspicious. Not like you X-Men. When you guys get possessed, you take over the planet and set it on fire. We have a little editor's asterisk. And I love, I don't know if Yost did this. Or no, I'm sorry. The, the editor pile did it. But um, I was expecting to look down at the editor box and see, see Avengers vs. X-Men. But no. It says, see most X-Men comics. Phoenix Force pile. And that's the, the assistant editor is uh, Ellie Pyle. <laughs> and then that was really funny. And, you know, you want to see some funny stuff in a Spider-Man book. Which there's been plenty in this issue so far. And Spider-Man appeals to the sense of privacy that he doesn't think Captain America would appreciate them spying on his inner mind. And Rachel agrees. And he goes, Besides, you can't tell me you've never thought about beating up Wolverine. And Kenny's like, Good point. Storm says, True. Iceman says, I'm thinking about it right now. (laughs) So Beast discovers that the girl might have mutant DNA, but she's not a mutant. Spider-Man determines that she's genetically engineered. Human DNA, mutant DNA, and spider DNA. So they surmise that it's probably Mr. Sinister, though he's supposed to be dead. But Beast remarks, well, it does look like Sinister's handiwork, but he's never messed with human or animal DNA before, always just been mutant DNA. But the X-Men remark again that they're going to leave, but the Spider-Man seems a little different. And he determines that he knows it's a clone and the Beast will probably figure it out, but that's their problem. But somehow, in classic comic book fashion, he deduces that since this is a clone and it had some spider, <laughs> he turns it into a spider, it must be the Jackal. Okay. Oh, it turns out he's right. It is the Jackal. The Jackal is broken into one of the Sinister's lairs. And he says basically, um,. He'll have to send a nice fruit basket or chocolates to Mr. Sinister as thank you for the access to the genetic candy store. And so I see a subplot developing there with the Jackal. I gotta say, um, I don't mean this in a negative way towards Amazing slash Superior Spider-Man. I know he takes a lot. I know he's kind of a polarizing writer. A lot of people like him. A lot of people don't. I like Dan Slott. He's a good writer, but based on the point one issue and this issue, I think Chris Yost might, I might prefer him as a Spider-Man writer to Dan Slott a little bit. Not by much, and they're both, they're both really good, or well, 
pretty good. Dance Squad's pretty good. But the two issues so far that Yost has written in Avenging Spider-Man have both been really, really good. And really hit Spider-Man right on the nose, I think. Or, on the head. Hit the, hit the nail on the, the spider nail on the, the head. So, I'm really enjoying Yost writing Spider-Man. So, I, it may turn out that Avenging is where I get my main spider fix. So I love the interaction. I love the idea that Spider-Man was scared of the telepath. That he was worried about Rachel seeing inside his mind. And wondering if he'll come up with some kind of like psychic dampener that he'll invent it. Because Dr. Octopus is a super scientist. Seems like something he could definitely do. And this might be the impetus to make him want to do that. I love the interaction between Spider-Man and Wolverine in this issue. Uh, the fight where it ends up you know, Spider-Man kicks Wolverine's butt, but then Wolverine gets the upper hand, but then Spider-Man outsmarts him, so he has to let him go. I thought it was a great meeting between, for, you know, obviously Wolverine and Spider-Man have a long relationship, but this was the first meeting of the superior Spider-Man, quote-unquote, with, you know, Dr. Octopus. I thought it was a great meeting between, a great first meeting between Wolverine and Superior Spider-Man. Yeah, this book was really good. I'm going to give Avenging Spider-Man 16 3 out of 3 claws. Alright, well we're going to stop there. Okay, so that's going to be a wrap for episode 16. As we celebrated the launch of Savage Wolverine. We got deeper into a fantastic story in all new X-Men number 6. And we got to see Wolverine meet the new Spider-Man for the first time in Avenging Spider-Man 16. All of which were fantastic issues. They all came out today. And I got three different bat titles with Death of a Family today. A great Wednesday, a great new comic book day today. Pretty stoked about the comics I got to pick up today. Can't wait to read some of the bat books tomorrow and this weekend. But the books I covered on this episode tonight were... All three were just fantastic. I hope you enjoyed hearing about them as much as I enjoyed talking about them. I want to hear some theories, some feedback. Uh, I loved all three of these issues quite a bit. Savage Wolverine, I liked more after I started talking about it. I really came around on it pretty quickly. <laughs> and I talked about it like on my third read about 15 minutes after I read it the second time. So it's not like it was a long or a hard sale. All New X-Men, I've loved every issue. And Avenging Spider-Man, I thought that was a great issue too. So I'm being incredibly positive and optimistic. Is everybody else feeling the same way about this? Are you excited about the Wolverine launch of Savage Wolverine? Are you head over heels in love with all new X-Men? Did you think that the fight between Spider-Man and Wolverine played out like it should in Avenging Spider-Man? I did, but maybe you didn't. All this and more can be given to me and I can talk about it on the podcast. I'll read your emails or your comments or whatever. So, how do you do it? Well, first, you can leave a comment on the webpage. If that's how you're getting the podcast, just go to the episode and comment. Or you can leave an iTunes review, though that would be probably more general. Cause I don't, you know, can you review specific episodes on that? I'm not even sure. Or you can email me at snitcast at yahoo.com. Or you can join the Facebook page or like the Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash snit podcast fan page. Need some more people on there, so get on that. Or you can follow my Twitter 
My handle is at Snickcast. So, um, yeah. This is how we do it. <laughs> so, it's late. It's like almost two in the morning. Someone should kill me for singing that. No one should ever, ever sing that. But uh, yet I did. Alright, well I'm signing off, going to bed. I will see you guys the next episode, which I guess will probably be the rest of January's books. I mean, I don't know. Something else may come up between now and then, but that's my plan at the moment. So, alright. You want to take care of yourselves. Good night. Or, you know, good morning, good afternoon, whenever you're listening to this. Good blank.